if you think that upper elementary is kind of the bane of your existence, this is the episode for you. You're listening to That Music Podcast with Bryson Tarbett, the curriculum designer and educational consultant behind That Music Teacher and the Elementary Music Summit. Each week, Bryson and his guests will dive into the reality of being an elementary music teacher and how music can truly be transformative in the lives of the students you serve. Show notes and resources mentioned in this episode can be found at thatmusicteacher.com. Hello and welcome to That Music Podcast. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode where I'm talking with Becca Davis all about upper elementary school um, and how to keep students engaged, particularly at the end of the year when things start to get a little bit crazy. Becca Davis is an elementary music teacher from Savannah, Georgia. She graduated with a Bachelor's of Music Education from Armstrong State University and has been teaching K through fifth grade music ever since. Becca is a vocalist and sings in two choirs in Savannah. She also conducts a fourth and fifth grade choir in partnership with the Savannah Children's Choir. Becca is the founder of Becca's Music Room, a blog which aims to support elementary music teachers with ideas and resources. Before we jump into the interview with Becca, I want to invite you to join Becca and myself for a new type of professional development that we're offering here at That Music Teacher. It's called That Music Teacher Masterclass Series, and I'm super excited to have Becca Davis as the first guest speaker. Becca's going to be presenting lessons to engage upper elementary music students through the end of the year. It's going to be on March 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern, and if you can't join us live, feel free to register anyway, and we'll send the replay out your way. To learn more and to grab your ticket, head on over to thatmusicteacher.com masterclass, or you can go ahead and check out the show notes of this episode, and we'll put the link in there as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to That Music Podcast. I'm super excited for this episode with the wonderful Becca Davis, all about upper elementary, which I know has been a topic that so many of you have been um, requesting for a while. So, Becca, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me here. I Like I said, I'm really excited to dive in because this is a conversation that I feel like so many music educators want to have happen and like want to be able to be a part of because upper elementary is just its own ball game. So I can't wait to see what we can get into. Um, but before we get too far in the weeds, can you let us know who you are and a little bit about your background in music ed? Of course. So I am obviously an elementary music teacher. I teach down in Savannah, Georgia. Um, this is my sixth year at the same school. So we're just rocking and rolling. Um, I went to a college called Armstrong State University that actually no longer exists. It got bought out by another university. Um, so that's kind of fun. But I still am very proud of, you know, being a pirate. And yeah, I love teaching. But specifically, I love trying to make sure that I teach all of my concepts in like the most fun way possible. And so it's always almost like a game to me to figure out like, how can I, you know, do something but make it really exciting and just you know interesting for the kids because they sit through a lot of boring stuff during the day so I don't want them to have to think that same thing about music um I also have two dogs who you might hear throughout this podcast so I apologize in advance but I will do everything to keep them quiet 
Well, we are pet friendly here at the podcast. Cat is currently underneath me laying on my feet. So hopefully she will not try to take any wires out, but <laughs> we love to hear the dogs in the background. And I love hearing a little bit about your background. So let's kind of dive into the real meat and potatoes of today's episode, which is all about upper elementary. And I want to start with talking about the word engagement, because we one, we throw that word around a lot. And sometimes I think we use it incorrectly. But why do you think that engagement is important, particularly? when it comes to upper elementary? Engagement is everything. If the students are engaged, that means they are actively learning. One, it means they're actively like doing things. They're having fun. And it also means that they're going to be less off task and therefore they're going to, you know, not be acting up as much, not be acting out as much because they're actually wanting to do whatever is happening. And again, they're actually learning. So it's fun for them, but they learn things and it's kind of like a win-win situation for everyone. This is especially important with the upper grades because as we all know, you know, with the littles, it's pretty easy. You're just like, we're going to sing a song and they're like, yay. Um, but with the older kids, you know, they've just they've been around a little bit longer. And so they, you know, want a little bit more to help keep them interested. And sometimes they come in with all the feelings and feeling, you know, upset and just not into it. They're not as naturally inclined like the little kids are. So the more you can engage the students, the easier your life will be and the more fun it will be for everybody. Yeah. There's definitely a different level of, what's expected in order to get that kind of full 100% buy-in with, you know, fifth, sixth grade or whatever, like kindergartners, they're probably going to follow you wherever you go. Like they might be crazy and jumping off of things as they do it. Um, but that upper elementary ages, you're definitely going to need a little bit more, um, to get them to really, to show how excited they are. Um, so I, that's, that's kind of why I'm really excited for us to continue this conversation because, like you said before, when you get them more engaged, not only is that awesome, you're better serving the kids, but it creates a better classroom environment. It helps with classroom management issues, which just further helps everything. And it makes you feel better as a teacher because you're not having to put out fires all day because the kids want to do what you're doing. So uh, in your opinion, at least, what are some common challenges that teachers face um, in ke keeping those upper elementary kiddos engaged? Yeah, so with the upper elementary, there's kind of a few top ones. So one of them is... You know, especially with the oldest kids, it's that like, oh, I'm too cool to be here. And, you know, so they're just like, come in like, I'm not interested. Even if they might be interested, they kind of want to be like that cool kid. And so they don't necessarily want to participate because of that. Um, some kids just really don't want to participate. And it could be for different reasons. I have a couple this year that just like... I don't, I don't know what it is. They're not bad kids. They just really don't want to do it. And so I work really hard with those to just make sure that they're doing something and make sure that they're actively, you know, making something happen. Um, and then you have the kids that are like, I just want to play and do whatever I want and have a hard time, um, you know, following any directions. And so with all of those different personalities in the classroom, it can be really difficult to, you know, get the majority of people on task, but it is totally possible. I'm glad that you said it's possible. And I want to give um, a little shout out to those teachers that are in their first few years of teaching. And, you know, maybe their first year teaching and you're trying to engage this fifth grader that you have no relationship with. And you're like, let's do it. And they're like, no. Um, and giving your one, just like, 
there is definitely something to be said about keeping the kids engaged and having high quality lessons, but there's also something to be said about having to build that relationship over time. So even if you have the best lesson, give yourself some grace and build those relationships first, because that's definitely helpful. Yes. I'm so glad you brought that up. And just for anybody listening who is, you know, first year, second year, anything like that, I do want to tell you, it gets so much easier (laughs) just even knowing the kids, because I can see like across other specials, that I have, you know, a more, a deeper relationship with my fifth graders. Cause I've had them since they were in kindergarten versus some of the other specials that haven't had that. And like, I can see how that changes their attitude towards everything. Yeah. It's definitely, um, sorry that in the moment, you know, wish I could give you a better answer, but there are definitely better answers that we're going to get into. Um, but the longer that you're with these kids, you know, especially over the years that can make it a little better too. Um, so let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about, you know, for those of us that are maybe newer to teaching or new to teaching in the, those specific kids, or maybe we've had them for a while and we're still struggling. What are some strategies that you think that you find, you know, particularly effective in increasing engagement? Yeah. So I have kind of like, um, my go-tos and then I also have a couple of tips. I like made notes and everything. So we're, we're prepared today. Um, so first of all, I would say make sure the kids are moving first thing. So when we come in, we always do a movement activity first. And sometimes that's like, you know, super crazy movement. We might be doing like scarves or it might just be like a body percussion video, um, play along video on YouTube. Those are amazing. Um, or we might just be doing actions along with a song. We might be clapping rhythms back and forth, playing a game, but whatever it is, I always try to start with movement and that's really going to help with the students who, um, maybe are not like, oh, I'm super excited to sing today, but they might enjoy moving. It's kind of a little bit less stressful. And then also any of those kids who just need to get their wiggles out because they're just like bouncing off the walls. It helps with that as well. And it makes it easier to do things afterwards because they can actually like, okay, we got our movement out and now I can like focus for a couple of minutes. So that's like Number one, if you'd get nothing out of this podcast, make sure you're having the kids move, especially at the beginning of class. Um, And my second best tip would be make sure that the kids are actively doing things, which sounds kind of silly because it feels like, of course, they're doing things like they're in class, but it can get really easy to just like have a class where they're not really doing anything. They're just kind of like listening to you or maybe they're singing or something, but they're not actively doing something. So every time I make a lesson, I really try to make sure like, okay, what are the kids doing? Are they playing instruments? Are they playing a game? Are they, you know, doing even just like doing a worksheet? That's still them actively doing something. If they're composing or writing rhythms, like all of those things are them doing something. So just really making sure that you make a point to make sure that they're engaged. Because if they're just sitting there like staring at you, it's going to be a lot harder to get into anything. Yeah, it can be easy to go into that you think, oh, they're older, they can sit longer. Yes, they can, but longer doesn't mean 30 minutes. You know, like, so definitely that's a really important thing to be aware of for sure. Yeah, so then along with that, to make it easier on myself, I like to have a kind of a structure to class. So with the older kids especially, I have really short classes. We only end up with about 30 minutes um, because I have to take everybody to the bathroom. It's a whole thing. Um, and I don't suggest it to anybody, (laughs) but, um, so we always come in, we do stretches, we do some kind of movement activity, and then we'll typically have like what I consider a mini lesson. So like a short lesson today, we were working on meter with fourth grade. So we, 
um, moved along with a couple of different songs in different time signatures. And then we have like a kids doing something section at the end that's usually 10 or 15 minutes. And that part is when, again, they're playing rhythms or they are writing rhythms or they are playing a game or something like that. And having a structure, especially if you're newer, will just make it easier to like kind of plug and play and make your lesson planning a lot easier. So this isn't like, you know, totally monumental having to change absolutely everything. Along with that, like I said, things that are going to engage them would be things like games, instruments. And one of the best things for the older kids is actually having them work in groups because the fifth graders, all they want to do is talk to each other. Like that's really all they want. We used to have these like big, huge PBIS events and the fifth graders would come in. They would not care what we were doing. All they want to do was like sit together and talk. Um, so I have found the more and more and more you can have them do like small group activities, um, the better engaged they are because they're excited to work with their friends and they're much more likely to actually do the things that they need to do. I love that. <laughs> Give them, cause let's be honest, they're going to talk no matter what we do. Um, so why not use that for good rather than evil? <laughs> yes. And then you don't have to spend the whole day being like, stop talking, stop talking. Why are you talking? Like, no, we're listening. You can actually like let them talk. And so it, and then they'll also be more likely to be quiet when you are talking because they kind of get it out of their system a little bit. I'll be honest. This is something I really struggle with with the upper upper grade kiddos is giving them more control in group work and less of, you know, me doing all the things. So uh, I've been hearing it from a lot of areas and I guess I, I guess I can't get away with it. So I'm going to have to apply some of these in my own classroom. Yeah, it's really revolutionary. Um, I especially... Really last year was when it hit me like this is kind of the key to the older kids is having them work in those small groups. So we do some days we do actual like centers where it's like we have a couple of different activities and we're rotating and other times we just have small groups. And so now when I lesson plan, I look at my lesson plan and I think like, okay, is there something I can have the students figure out or the students do instead of me? For example, um, my fifth graders were working on playing hot cross buns on the xylophones. And normally that would be something where I'd be like, okay, everybody take your xylophone and take your mallet and we're going to play this note and this note and this note. And like, I would really walk them through it, but I had one class and I just threw it up on the board. It had the letters and I was like, get in your groups, figure it out and go for it. And it worked so much better. They had a much better time. They all learned it really quickly. I was able to walk around and like help people. And that's just one easy example of like something simple that you can change to make it more engaging because it was way more fun when they're in groups figuring it out on their own than me telling them, showing them that kind of stuff. Those are such great ideas. Um, and I would be remiss if I did not uh, mention to the listeners um, that you're going to be sharing even more ideas um, at in March's um, masterclass for that music teacher masterclass series. Um, so um, we'll be sure to put the link down in the comments for that or down in the show notes for that as well. Um, but I have to say, as me personally, I'm really looking forward to that. So thanks again for doing that. You're so welcome. So we're going to, in that one, we'll be talking about the same topic, but I'm going to go through like some of my absolute favorite games and activities. And so I was planning it out today and I'm super excited for it. Love it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. So let's shift a little from what to do to how to make our kids feel comfortable doing it. Um, so can we talk a little bit about 
a positive and supportive classroom environment and why that matters? Like, obviously that always matters, but why that is so important for the, the older kids? Yes. Having a positive classroom environment just makes or breaks your whole day. If you are, you know, coming in and just fussing at everybody and it just really like brings the tone down. I mean, I'm sure you can think of like that staff meeting where like people were getting chewed out the whole time and like how that made you feel and just like how awkward and quiet. And I am like a very reserved person. So when any of that kind of stuff starts happening, I'm like, I'm not moving. I'm not talking. I'm not doing anything because like, I don't want to make it worse. Um, and we don't want our students to feel that way because you can't dance and sing and play games and, you know, play instruments when you're feeling like anything I do is going to get me in trouble or when you're feeling like, oh, this teacher hates me because she keeps, you know, yelling at me or he keeps yelling at me and stuff like that. So anytime that you can make your classroom more positive, it's going to make the kids want to be there, which is key and also just help make things much happier. Um, one easy trick that I have, my mentor teacher told me, and I always try to stick with this is for any one negative comment, see if you can have five positive comments. So if you have to say, you know, so-and-so stop talking, then try to make like five, you know, Oh, thank you. So-and-so for sitting nicely. Thank you. This, thank you that. And just really trying to like, thank the kids for what they are doing. Correct. is going to make a huge difference. And again, making them want to be there, making them feel like they're supported. And especially with the older kids, like school gets hard. I Sometimes I look at their stuff and I'm like, I, I took calculus and I don't know what this is. Um, so like they spend a lot of their day feeling maybe like not great at what they're doing. Maybe they have a teacher that is not the kindest teacher in the world. And so it's just really important to make sure that you make the music room inviting engaging and happy place to be so that they want to come and they're able to learn and do all those things in music that they have to learn. because in music we have to like kind of get ourselves out there we have to sing we have to dance we have to like make our own music and those are all things that can be kind of scary especially for those you know fourth graders when they get that like really caring what the other kids think about them and so the more you can be positive the more that they will be willing to do all of those things for sure. I know Anne Molesky talks a lot about, you know, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, which I think is a total thing that needs to happen in the music classroom, um, teachers, students alike. But in middle school, a lot is uncomfortable just by nature of the age. And they're always worried about how it's going to be perceived. So whatever we can do as teachers to make that easier or to make them understand that if they make a mistake or if it doesn't go as planned, that, that that's okay, um, that is going to help everyone in the rooms drastically. So I know that we've kind of touched on a lot of different things, but if you had to kind of see what are like some of the key takeaways that you want people listening to kind of implement their classrooms or understand or have a new understanding of, what would you kind of say are the most important things when it comes to engagement for upper elementary? I would say the most important things for engagement actually would be building those relationships like you were talking about with your students, which can be a slow process, but is ultimately what's going to make the difference. Cause if they think you care about them, then they're going to care about you and therefore what you have to teach a lot more than if they don't know who you are, or they don't think you know who they are. Um, after that, making sure that you are incorporating movement and just incorporating more 
things that the kids are actually doing. So making sure that in every single lesson, the kids are doing something, they are moving, they are creating their own things instead of, you know, you coming up with a rhythm that they're going to write down, have one of the kids come up with a rhythm everyone can write down and just making sure that they're doing things. You know, they say, what is that saying? Idle hands are the devil's play things. (laughs) It is so true because if they get bored, then that's when they're going to start acting up. They're going to start hitting people. They're going to start just making chaos. So the more that you can have the kids doing things, the less time they'll have for any of that. And the more they're going to learn because they learn way more if they're actually doing something than if you are just telling them about it. For sure. Um, I don't have anything to add to that. That was so wonderfully put. (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) So if someone is looking, um, someone maybe like me, that's trying to really focus on that upper elementary grade band, can you share some of your favorite resources or recommendations that for people that really want to kind of take the next step? Yeah, so I... I'm one of those very eclectic music teachers. Like I like to find things from all over the different places. And so I don't have like one, you know, like solid, this is where you find all the things. Um, But for me, a lot of it is just asking myself the questions, like what are the kids doing and how can I make it more student centered and less teacher centered? And so those are things that are going to make the biggest difference is just making sure you're asking yourself those questions Um, I will say if you're looking more like curriculum wise, I do have the game plan curriculum. I don't use it like as a curriculum, like every single week, but they have some really fun things in there. And even if you just get like the fifth grade book or just the fourth grade book or something like that, um, you can use it across many grade levels and pull things out of there. And they have a lot of really fun activities in there that are very engaging. I use a lot of their stuff. Awesome. Well, I'll be sure to see what I can find link-wise and put those in the, the show notes as well. So, Becca, I love this conversation. I can't wait for the masterclass to dive, have you dive in a little bit more on like actually like how to make this, um, what are your favorite ways to do that? Um, but in the meantime, where can listeners go to connect with you and to continue this conversation online? Yeah. So if you want to talk to me, the best place to talk to me is in the Instagram DMs. It's at Becca's Music Room. Um, Becca with two C's. And then if you're looking for more like resources, lessons, ideas, that kind of stuff, you can check out my blog, beccasmusicroom.com or my YouTube channel, which is also Becca's Music Room because we just like to keep things nice and easy for everyone. Um, And there's a ton of blog posts, tons of videos with games and lesson ideas and activities that you are welcome to steal and use in your classroom. And hopefully they will, you know, help find things and always use that search bar if you're looking for something specific. All right. We'll be sure to include all that in the show notes as well. Becca, thank you so much for chatting me with me today. I've loved this conversation. I think it's one that used to be happening so much more often um, at the undergraduate level too, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> um, Becca, thank, yeah, we'll, we'll try to, <laughs> we'll try to keep that one for another time. Uh, Becca, thank you so much for chatting with me. I can't wait for your session. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to, well, you know, virtually seeing everyone at the session as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of That Music Podcast. If you want to check out Becca's masterclass all about engaging upper elementary students, be sure to check out the show notes or head on over to thatmusicteacher.com slash masterclass.